You are listening to A Shoulder to Crime On. Topics discussed on this show may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, Kenzie. Hey, Lucy. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, really great. Is it? How, how, was, yes. work, how was work today? Well, I was there for four hours. I made $10. Wow. A I know. Real winning shift I right played, there. I played like 10 rounds of my children's cooking game on my phone. <laughs> Forgot you said you liked that. I don't. It's more than like. It's like Obsessed. a. It's part of my life. It's a part of you. It makes me feel accomplished and like I have a purpose when I don't. <laughs> Do you just cut things and put them in a pot and bake them? No, you don't cut them. You have to cook, combine ingredients and then serve dishes to your customers and you're timed and you have different restaurants. Oh. And, you know, this is something that I really kept to myself for honest to God, like five years. Well, listen. And being public about it. You know, I play weird games on my phone, so I don't know why you're... Like Pokemon? Yeah. Well, I'm finding out that lots of people play Pokemon, and I don't know anyone else that plays my game, except for Nicole. Thank God. I'm finding a lot of people play it, too, which is weirder than I ever thought it would be, to be honest. (laughs) Well, at least you're not alone. It's true. But you have Nicole, so it's fine. Yeah, she'll she'll text me and be like, only eight hours left of free play. (laughs) Perfect. I love games like that, though. I know. You get, like, really binge. The amount of like real mm-hmm. human dollars that I've spent on it over the years is embarrassing. I mean, I play Hidden Hotel and I do the same thing. So I can't like find this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like I obsessed. Have on my computer. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Well, anyway, should we should we tell the people what we're talking about this week? I suppose, aside from children's like video games. Yeah, minus that. We're we're. All well, I picked sailboats as the topic, but I think it kind of just stemmed into any boat. Right. Anything that so floats like, on the water. Yeah. Floating sea crimes. Floating murders. sea crimes. Also, I know I usually sound like this, but I feel like it's a little worse this week. I just had a terrible cough and I almost lost my voice a couple of days ago. And so for those listening, I'm sorry if I sound more like a 50-year-old smoker than usual well in all fairness she literally was drinking a water bottle that i don't know if she knows how to clean it had so much mold in it (laughs) so gross metal and i refill it like seven times a day so how was i to know you should wash it like once a week it might have just been dirt i don't think so babe (laughs) well i looked i looked at nicole's and hers didn't have any in there so maybe it wasn't just dirt no it definitely was not dirt (laughs) It was pretty unfortunate. It was so gross. I mean, I'm, glad, I'm glad you were there to find out for me. Yeah, and clean it for I've you. I've just been, like, slowly poisoning myself with, like, black mold for the last two months. You know, so mixed with COVID and black mold and all the things. I'm on the fast mm. track to death. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's fine. And I eat a lot of processed food, so. Who doesn't? See <laughs> later. Well, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first this week? I went first last time. Doesn't I matter. Don't even remember. It doesn't matter. Do we flip a coin? I hate making decisions. Um, Are you looking for a coin? I have a child shoe. <laughs> Throw it in the air. Whichever dog it hits first, <laughs> that means something. Okay. If it lands on the bottom, you go first. If it lands on the top, I'll go. Of course it's 
going to land on the bottom, but it's fine. It landed on its side. Let me, you go first. No, I'll go first. Okay, you go first. I'd like to just sit back at the end of the listen to you talk. All right, all right, let's, let's start this. All right. So today I'm doing the survival story of Terry Jo Dubral. And I think I'm pronouncing that last name right. I looked it up online just to make sure. Uh, but it was like a robot, so I don't really know. I, it sounds accurate, but all right. Here we go. November 13th, 1961, in the waters off of the Bahamas, the oil tanker Gulf Lion came upon a man in a dinghy with a small life raft in tow. A dinghy? <laughs> You like that? I do. (laughs) Head out of the gutter. Grow up. (laughs) The man in the life raft identified himself as Julian Harvey. He informed the crew that the young girl in the life raft was Terry Jo Dubral, and she was dead. She was dead? She's dead. Her body was just floating on the raft next to the dinghy. Dr. Arthur Dubral was a prominent optometrist from Green Bay, Wisconsin. He and his wife, Jean, had three children, Brian, age 14, Renee, age 7, and Terry Jo, age 11. Dr. Dubrault was a skilled sailor, taking his skip out in the choppy Green Bay waters, often, and he was preparing to go on a sailing trip across the ocean with the whole family, but before he did that, he wanted to go down and charter a, well, it says sailboat, but really it was like a fancy yacht, because okay. who are we kidding? Right. <laughs> but he was going to charter that to go to the Bahamas. And just kind of test things out. So they drove down to Fort Lauderdale. He chartered the Bluebell, which was a privately owned yacht. And an ex-fighter pilot, um, Julian Harvey, uh, was captaining the boat. Captaining? I don't know if that's a word. Is that a word? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't write that word down. I just made I it I know up. nothing about sailing. <laughs> I want to say that I'm on, like, lots of cold medicine or that I, like, really, I'm really stoned right now or something, but I'm not, so I have no excuse. He was just captaining the ship. Captaining. <laughs> it makes me want to go captain something. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Lucy. Okay. So, <laughs> Julian Harvey was the captain of the Bluebell, and he brought his wife Mary with him. So, it was the Harveys and then all five members of the Dupro family. Um... Before Harvey started doing the boat thing, like I said, he was a fighter pilot in World War II. He was very accomplished. Um, And before that, he worked as a model. So I looked up pictures of him, and he was, like, okay. He kind of had, like, a Robert Redford thing going on, but he had a really crooked smile, which some people are into, but I think it's gross. (laughs) So I guess I don't find him that attractive. But then again, in the 60s, were any men attractive, really? So you wouldn't buy the underwear he was modeling, is what you're saying? Probably not. I mean, I guess especially if they were men. No fair. But also, I don't wear underwear. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're not the first person I've met who is like this. I don't, I just kind of like started with him. They make me feel fat. Underwear? They, makes... Yeah, it's like where they sit. It's not uncomfortable. Like, I don't know, they make me feel fat. And then sometimes I'll try it, but I just feel like all you can see are like made up fat rolls. And like, who wants to wear a song? Because that's just like another weird fat roll plus a wedgie. <laughs> I don't know. So I think I own like a couple pairs for like emergency purposes, but wow, yeah. I just I don't like how it feels without underwear on. See, I'm the same. 
It just or the like, opposite. Oh. I'm tired. I'm not on drugs. <laughs> just all rubs. Anyway. <laughs> just all rubs. rubs. Okay. Okay, anyway, back to sailing. Where was he? If he's a model, I would not buy his underwear. Okay. Um, so, I wasn't able to find a ton of information on his wives, but he was married six times. Wow. Mary was number six. Um, his second wife, though, I found a whole bunch online about her. She and her mother lived on the Air Force Base with Harvey in the 40s. And there was a website called Murder Murder News. Um, it's like people can write in blog posts, but someone wrote in with their grandmother's story because she lived near the Air Force Base when the Harveys did. Okay. And his second wife and mother-in-law were killed in a car accident. He was driving the car, escaped with zero injuries. The car, like, went off a bridge and into a body of water. What? And a professional diver who investigated the accident and pretty much everyone else said it was extremely suspicious that he would get out of there with nothing wrong and his wife and mother-in-law died, but he wasn't investigated any further. And of course, right after the accident, Harvey cashed in on insurance policies that he had taken out on his wife, again with the life insurance policies, still waiting for someone to tell me how that's not just fucking suspicious. Right. I just, I still can't figure out any reason why just like in the, maybe when you get married, like right away, take one out but like anything other than that i don't well yeah i mean i I know with like us with having like a regular nine to five job aaron just gets it yeah you know like (laughs) we don't have any like extra insurance maybe we should since we have a child but if you go take out like a hundred thousand dollar insurance policy on aaron i'm sorry my (laughs) shark my shark his name's dante But I feel like if you did that and then Aaron died like two weeks later, why would they even give you the money? Because It'd be very, very suspicious. Killed him. Yes. So Harvey totally killed his wife and mother-in-law, got away with it, cashed in on the insurance money. Shocking. Wife number two. Um, but back to the bluebell. So after a week in the Bahamas of snorkeling, exploring, doing things that happy families did on vacation in the 60s, they started heading back to Florida. That was on Sunday, November 12th. Okay. Harvey's wife prepared a dinner of, you know, (laughs) I wrote this down, but I did not look up how to say it, and I'm not going to say it because it's an Italian dish. Say it. Just say it. I'm pretty pretty sure I say it right when I do say it. Cacciatore? (laughs) Cacciatore? Yeah, 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 that. Is that how you say it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I might be I, saying it wrong. I may have embarrassed myself now. I was going to say that. Count. No, it's fine. What Catch you said was perfect. <laughs> so she prepared that and salad. Yum. <laughs> Last meal. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. Uh, after eating, Terry Joe went downstairs to lay down a bit. Harvey's and the rest of her family stayed upstairs hanging out. Not long after she fell asleep, she awoke to a commotion up on deck. She heard her brother Brian calling out for help from his dad. She heard running and stomping and a bunch of noise. So she goes upstairs, and as soon as she gets up there, uh, she sees her mother and her brother lying in a pool of blood, and I guess there was just blood everywhere. She saw what she thinks was a knife laying on the deck nearby. Um, 
you know, she's in shock trying to take this in. And she sees Julian Harvey walking towards her. She asked him what happened, and he just shoved her back downstairs, told her to stay downstairs. Oh, my gosh. So she goes down there, and she's sitting on her bed, and she starts to hear, like, water sloshing around and smells oil, and she realizes that her room is filling up with water. And by the time it gets, like, up over her mattress, she gets out, goes through it, goes back upstairs, and asks Harvey if the boat's sinking, and he said yes. (laughs) Gee, go ask the killer what's going on. Exactly. So he says yes. Um, He handed her a line to the dinghy saying like save, save yourself sure. whatever I don't care but she panicked she let it go Harvey jumped overboard right away to catch it so she was alone on this boat she knew her mother and her brother were dead she didn't see anybody else but the boat was like sinking quickly and because she's an 11 year old genius she remembered seeing a cork raft on the side of the boat so she ran around to grab that and right as she got it the like the deck was covered with water and the boat went all the way down oh my gosh Right. So she has her court graph. She's on floating around the ocean. She spent four fucking days on this tiny little raft in the middle of the ocean, like burning to death during the day, freezing to death at night. Oh my God. Could you imagine? No. And there's a picture of her sitting on this raft when she was found. And I know this isn't why it looks like that, but she said that like her feet and her ankles would get nibbled on and bit by little parrotfish who I guess have real sharp teeth. And her legs look so skinny, and I'm sure it's just because of her situation. But all I can think is that, like, these fish with sharp teeth, like, not away like, eating her legs. Like, her flesh, which, like I said, Wait, wait, how did the fish even get to her legs? Like, wasn't she in a little boat? But it was, like, it wasn't even a boat. It was, like, there's, I'll put, we'll post pictures. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, it was virtually nothing. I don't know how she wasn't eaten by something. But, um, on her second day... When she was floating, she saw a plane circling overhead, and she wrote a memoir about this, which is really great and where I got a lot of my information. But in it, she said that the plane was so close that she could see, like, the details and the writing on the bottom of it, where she was wearing, like, all-white clothing, and she was directly under it, so she kind of blended in with the white caps, and, like, no one from the plane could see her. Yeah. Which they didn't. So that was pretty dismal. But this is one of my favorite parts, because also on that second day, she said she saw all these little shadows in the water in this whole pod or family. And dolphins? Pod. Uh, yeah, porpoises. Yeah. Pods. Just, like, surrounded her, and they stayed with her for hours, like, all the way through the night. And just, like, I feel like I read somewhere that they do that to keep, like, sharks away. Wow. I could be totally making that up. So believe me at your own risk. Sure. I like to think that's what they were doing. That's so cool. But they cool. just kept her company, and I think that's so darling. And she said it was so relaxing. But also, like, why did they leave her? Why? At what point did they decide, like, fuck this girl, we're moving on? Right, like, and we're done. <laughs> Unless they went to get help. I feel like they can do that, right? Probably. I feel like dolphins are extremely smart. I think they're, like, people. Yeah. I think, anyway. I but. love dolphins. Dolphins are my jam. Yeah. Yeah, they're like my favorite like animal growing girls up. Who, like her, you got your mom to give you permission to get like a dolphin tattoo on your lower back when you were sixteen. You know, if if I would have done it at sixteen, I probably would have gotten a dolphin tattoo. <laughs> I wish it's not too late. You're right. I'm not as obsessed with them now as I was when I was like I twelve. Want you to get a big dolphin tramp stamp with like <laughs> stars and rainbows and maybe like your name in Mandarin. Oh hell no! <laughs> Is that what you? I need to start. 
I need to really look up the answers to all the questions I have, like, silently while I'm sitting here in front of my computer and not asking them out loud. That's okay. Maybe someone else has the answers for us. But sometimes I don't want other people to answer because they're so dumb. My question's not the people. <laughs> people are too, but I really don't want to hear what anyone has to say. It's okay that we're dumb sometimes. People can check us. <sighs> I think that's one thing I'm going to hate about this. Right. I don't want to be checked. Okay, well, then don't read them. I don't want to be told that I'm wrong. Lucy, you're wrong all the time. But I know I'm not, so. But, no. <laughs> Say what you want. All right. Uh, all right, so, Dolphin blocked on Tuesday. She powered through Wednesday. By Thursday morning, she was in and out of consciousness. She couldn't really wake herself up. Um, and she said she remembered laying there and just rocking back and forth with the waves. And in her head, she was, like, back at home. And she felt like there was a huge shadow come around her, and she opened her eyes, and it was a ship. A giant Greek tanker with a name that I'm not even going to try to pronounce. (laughs) Someone had spotted her, and they changed the course of the ship to go right up next to her. And one of the people on the ship took a picture of her when they saw her out there. It's very creepy. It's sad. Wow. Um, But she says all she really remembers is, like, hearing voices faintly and seeing people waving their arms. And then she just, like, drifted back to sleep because she knew she was going to be safe. So she just gave up. Wow. <laughs> so. Sorry. It's, well, while all of this was happening, Julian Harvey had been rescued. And he was recounting his tale once more for the Coast Guard. And what he told the Coast Guard was that on Sunday night, a squall, which is just a tiny storm, a little sea storm. A <laughs> squall. <laughs> hit. <clears throat> And it got so bad that it broke the main mast of the yacht. And I had to look all this up because I don't really know anything. But it broke the mast, and instead of, like, falling over, the mast just plummeted downwards, like, straight through the deck and broke a bunch of gas lines, uh, which trapped everyone in the bottom of the boat and started the boat on fire. What? Um, Again, this was extremely suspicious because sailboats don't really break in that way or burst into flames. Um. (laughs) The investigation was super fresh, and they were still just trying to, like, gather information. And, like, while Harvey was actually sitting in there telling the story, the captain of the Coast Guard, which, like, this was extremely against protocol, just burst into the room and told everybody that Terry Joe had been found alive. And the body that Harvey had with him when he was found was actually her little sister, Renee. He thought it was her. So when everyone's like, this girl's alive, blah, blah, blah big deal harvey just kind of got up and left the interview and went and checked himself into a motel room under an assumed name in miami um so i'm not reading my notes i'm just telling this story (laughs) off my head off the top of my head okay um so harvey went and checked into that hotel room and the next morning he was found dead from suicide he had taken a razor slit his wrist legs and throat oh my god right like how do you slit your own throat power through it i guess yeah especially after you've already cut everything else probably i guess i just let myself bleed out or not do that that way at all oh i'm like scared to just even prick myself when they want to like a blood sample from my finger when i was like in my angsty teenage phase i really liked sylvia plath who's an amazing author pretty dark and depressed she killed herself but i always i wouldn't Nobody call 911, but if I were going to, it would be a gas oven in a cocktail dress. You told me this the other day. I yeah, thought you I were thought crazy. You. <laughs> I'm 
gonna go out class style. <laughs> Went with a gas oven, but at least you look cute. Exactly. Uh, I'm talking like cute 50s cocktail dress. Yeah. Maybe like my hair is like pin curls. <laughs> gonna go all out. Yes. <laughs> but, oh, man. So he killed himself and they found a note that he addressed to his friend that read, I'm a nervous wreck and just can't continue. I'm going out now. I guess they either don't like life or I don't know what to do with it. What? Whatever. Um, so after piecing everything together, investigators believe that Harvey had planned on killing his wife, Mary, like throwing her overboard, saying it was an accident so he could cash in on the $20,000 double indemnity life insurance policy, which means that they pay double if it's an accident. Of course. Right. Uh, that he took out on her. Um, and they suspect that he was caught by Dr. Duperall or his wife or whoever, and that resulted in him killing the rest of the family. And they also found that he had cashed in on a couple large insurance policies after the suspicious thinking of two other boats that he had. How is no one catching on to this? <laughs> like, before it was sure. a problem. All of it. We don't need it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Only if you're not going to kill somebody and burn everything down. I mean, I'd probably light my house on fire for some money right now. I mean, fair. <laughs> Me broke, you know. <laughs> well, you made ten dollars today, so we barely have jobs. Barely, we work together. Have we told the people that? I don't know. We work we at a restaurant together. <laughs> we work at this work amazing restaurant that you know, Colorado's. We tell you to visit it, but you can't. No, Colorado's closed everything. So. Yeah, so feel Bye. bad for us. Pay, us. <laughs> Pay, us. Pay my rent. Just pity me that I have to work with her on a daily basis and record with her. I'm a goddamn delight. I'm delightful. I'm a ray of sunshine. You're just a peach. I am. People love me. They do. You know, I know they do. I'm sure. But after recovering in a Miami hospital, Terry Jo returned to Wisconsin where she lived with her aunt and cousins. When she was 12, she changed her name. It was the same, but she changed the spelling. Interesting. Um, and then 50 years later, in 2010, she published a memoir called Alone, Orphaned on the Ocean, which is a super incredible book. Highly recommend reading it. It's where a lot of my information came from. But that is the story of Terry Jo Duperall, the sea waif, and Julian Harvey, the dick. The dick. <laughs> I just couldn't imagine trying to survive in the middle of the ocean. Oceans? Are terrifying. The threats, they are. They're nice to look at, but like being... The thought of being in the middle of a fucking ocean is the most horrifying thing to me ever. It's literally like, like the it biggest goes down mass. For miles. You have no fucking yeah. idea what's under there. You are so far away from everything. And the likelihood of being found. I try to figure out how to kill myself on tiny raft oh without drowning because that's also scary. Oh, well, then you'd literally die of dehydration or starvation. But just the panic that I would feel before that happened, I hope, would kill me. You would die of shock. I, maybe. Oh my God. Heart attack? I don't know. Oh. Makes me want to start carrying like a pocket knife with me all times in case I'm ever in the middle of the ocean on a cork raft and I need to slit my own throat. It would just be awful. Are sharks really attracted to blood? Um, yes. I just feel like I need to question everything I know now about anything since I'm like stating facts. But I'm pretty sure sharks aren't likely to attack people, but... But sharks, know. wait, see, contrary to popular belief, sharks are not attracted to human blood. 
Well, I don't know if they're not attracted to our blood. I just it's know... Uh, they're attracted to sea lion and fish blood. Oh, interesting. So me putting my throat to... But honestly, if they're hungry they're enough... Shark attack, they yeah, if they're hungry them. enough, they're going to come for you. Well. Well. <laughs> anyway. anyway. <laughs> so my case is based out of Alaska. <laughs> it's, okay, Alaska. I know, fucking Alaska. And I don't know what it is with me and unsolved cases, but they They're interesting. They're very interesting. They don't solve. Well, and this one We'll get to it, but they think they solved it, and ugh, it's just, it's interesting. Did you ever watch that show that used to be on Oxygen, and it was called, um, I think it was just called Cold Case? Yeah, no, where they, that's like, that's not what it was called. With, God damn it. With what's it her name? a fabulous, um, old prosecutor from Texas. Yeah, her name yeah, is yeah, Kelly. yeah. I loved that show. Yeah, I love that show. And they actually, like, solved some of those murders, and I don't know why they took it away. Cold Justice. Cold, cold Justice. Cold Justice. Yeah, and they, I love that show. If anybody has not seen that show, you need to go watch it. It is so good. It's amazing how they piece together those cold cases from, like, she's, decades. It's amazing. And it's like, if she can do this all these years later, why can't people do it when it happens? Right? Well, I don't know, because they're stupid. <laughs> well, anyway, so, the slaying of skipper Mark Col- Colthurst... I don't know. And his pregnant wife, Irene, both 28, along with their children, Kimberly, 5, and John, 4, and four deckhands, Chris Heyman, 18, and Keon, Moon, and Mike Stewart, all 19, is still Alaska's worst unsolved mass homicide. All of these people were killed? All of them. Jesus Christ. Yes. So here are five things that we know about this case. So one, the killer moved in plain sight. So, hours after shooting his victims with what the police believe was a .22 caliber pistol or rifle, the gunman fired up the engine on the Investor, which was the ship that Mark owned, um, and waving, he waved nonchalantly to a nearby skipper as he moved the vessel with his victims' bodies inside to a secluded bay about a mile outside of town. He motored back to the docks in the Investor's skiff, Turning, returning the next afternoon with a can of gasoline to set the craft ablaze before speeding back to town and then vanishing. Flaming boats. Yeah. And authorities would later describe the suspect as a white male in his early 20s with a pockmark complexion. Um, two, the slain family celebrated soon before their death. So police said Mark, who was based in Blaine, Washington, and his crew arrived in Craig, Alaska on September 5th 1982, shortly before the final days of the commercial fishing season, and they were killed literally the next day. So, hours before the family was murdered, Mark and his family attended a birthday party thrown for him at a restaurant near the docks, and they returned around 9.30 before a storm began. Which is, like, weird, because if they were... I don't know. I don't know how sea storms work. I don't know how they blow in and blow out. I don't either. So We're inland people. <laughs> Very. So we're landlocked. They just float over <laughs> sea storms. I like that. Yes. You've always been landlocked, right? I am right? looking to see where Craig, Alaska is. I mean, on the coast? Well, yes, but Alaska's real big. Yes, smart ass. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, there's a cafe there called Dockside Cafe. Do you suppose that's where his party was? Ooh, it's possible. I didn't, I didn't look it up. Like the only <laughs> restaurant there. So, so probably. <laughs> 
Um, so the third thing we know is the prime suspect has been exonerated. So two years passed before police arrested John Peel, who had once worked for Mark based on his similarity to sketches and the suspect. Peel's first trial in 1986 hinged on a circumstantial evidence case um, and lasted over six months. Prosecutors suggested that he had committed the murders because of a falling out he'd had with Mark. I think I read somewhere that he had been fired by Mark before, and so he possibly could have ill feelings towards him for that. Um, and that ended in a hung jury. So then after being found not guilty in a retrial two years later, Peel filed a wrongful prosecution suit against the state to recap his legal fees and was rewarded $900,000. But police are still are no longer looking for the killer. Um, the case is closed in Alaska. They are no longer investigating. They Like they just gave up. Well, the problem is, so they, they think that they had the right guy um, with amazing evidence, but the jury didn't side with them. So this guy, David McNeil, he was a police detective. He said, quote, they got the right guy. Just because someone is acquitted doesn't mean they're innocent. Just means there's not enough evidence to show guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. So he was so convinced that they had the right guy that they shut the case. Did they, is it one of the guys you named? Yeah. Or can you not? Because he's like. The guy that they thought that did it? Yeah. Yeah, John Peel. He's the one that went oh. through the two, two, oh, um. What's he up to these days? I think he's just living life. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, just, I mean, I you can Google it. John Peel. Um, I think he moved and changed his name even, maybe. Don't worry, I'm looking currently. I just like to know what these people are doing, like, right? Well, I mean, he got rewarded a good chunk of money then because of all the the problems of going through legals. But I don't know. I think that's so dumb. Like, even though you think you... Wouldn't you still keep the the case open just in case? Right. I Um. mean... I guess. I mean, if they really think it was him and they can't try him again, I suppose what's the point? Right. Well, also, like, I know circumstantial evidence can, like, get some people... I just feel like that's so dumb when you don't have anything but cir- circumstantial. Like, you know you're risking. It's a 50-50 shot at that point. Um, well, anyway, while you look that up, um, so the motive was never clear. Craig's former police chief, Shapley, is convinced the killings were the result of a drug deal gone bad, which I don't know why. Everyone always thinks it's drugs that kills everybody. <laughs> right? Which, I mean, hey, sometimes, but... Not all of us that like to indulge in illegal activity. Right, but it's also not, I don't know, not always worth killing over. At least not that many people. Like, he killed a whole ship. Um, But McNeil, that police detective, thinks the drug angle is a bunch of crap because, again, he's convinced John Peel did it. And then the fifth thing we know is the victim's friends and family still live in a shadow of the crime. Those who knew Mark say he was born to fish. His younger sister, Lori Hart, said he was just an incredible, incredibly hard worker who always said he was going to retire by the time he was 50, and I never doubted it. Um, for decades, Hart was convinced of Peel's guilt, but her opinion changed after he agreed to meet with her and her sister at a local diner and answered their questions. She doesn't think that he was the one to pull the trigger, but definitely knows more than he's saying. Um, so that's interesting. That's for years, his family thought that they had the right person, and now they're like, well, I actually don't think he did it, but he knows who did it kind of thing. Um, And, of course, everyone says it's hard to move on because there just are no answers. 
which that's just a lot of people. <laughs> it's a lot of fucking people. It's a lot of people. I guess, okay. like, the fire was started at the beginning, so there was, like, one child that they knew was on board, but they couldn't. Yeah. Find they couldn't find the body because the where the fire was started, the, literally was there was okay. nothing left, so they didn't even find the body. I think of the younger boy. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what'd you find? Well, John Peel <clears throat> was a very low-level weed dealer, <laughs> um, and I can't find anything else about him. So. That's it. He probably changed his name and his living. And probably just disappeared. In Denver, Colorado, real close by. Right, or wherever else weed is legal. <laughs> Which is most places, I think. It's not here that Alaska decriminalized small amounts a long time ago. Oh, interesting. I don't know. I don't stay up to date on that stuff. Have you, do you ever watch People Magazine Investigates on... And, I have a couple times. Yeah, I have a few times too. Apparently, there's an episode that they did about this. So, if I'll watch it tonight. I know. I'm like, I need to look for it because I want to watch it. So, if anyone has seen it, hopefully, it's all good things. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't know. Like, don't listen to me. I'm crazy. <laughs> the kitchen staff doesn't ask you if you're on drugs every day. That what? The kitchen staff for Nando. Oh, that's right. Well, you just... And CeeLo, who I know will never listen to this and probably won't understand me well, if yeah. they do. They speak Spanish. <laughs> he started ta- he's gone from asking me every day if I'm doing okay to like, are you on drugs today? <laughs> I literally, I am the same neurotic lunatic every single day that I'm at work, so I don't know what makes him feel like some days they should be concerned and some days they shouldn't. I mean, you're right. You are neurotic. I'm crazy know. every day. I'm not normal. It's how I get stuff done. And I don't appreciate people asking me if I'm okay. <laughs> we just want to make sure that everything's fine. I mean, if I'm not speaking or like moving, then there's probably something wrong. Right. <laughs> well, but. it's because Fernando has a crush on you. I know. He asked me if I wanted to get married. <laughs> he just wants that green card, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, if we're not married to somebody else in one year, and he goes, one year? You're crazy. I need it tomorrow. Like too soon or not soon enough. (laughs) Oh man, work in a restaurant, guys. Kitchen's always fun. (laughs) They feed you so much food if they think you're cute, and they think everybody's cute. It's true. So. (laughs) Well, I think that concludes our ship, sailboats, oceans, and hoes. Do you know how bad I wanted to? Boats and I wanted Instagram to call it boats. When I when I first wanted to post, that's what I wanted to post too. Was boats it's and hoes? We should have just done it. Favorite movies. And I swear she has really like refined taste. But watching her watch that movie, she like can't breathe and like slaps the counter really hard, oh and it's very entertaining. <laughs> oh man! Well. I'm all for boats and hoes. Well, everyone, please do remember you can email us at, um, at oh my gosh, what are we called? A shoulder to crime on. Oh my God. <laughs> at gmail.com. Oh. We're also on Instagram where you can get updates on what we'll be posting about next oh. and talking about next. Lucy's crazy. She hurt herself as usual. Yeah. 
<laughs> my shark, Dante. <laughs> Don't need to email us about anything important or relevant. Just whatever you feel like saying, yeah. I want to read about it. I want to read about it. If you know and any, if like, I think you're stupid, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, I won't so let fun. her respond. It's fine, guys. We yeah, want to know your favorite murders, favorite crimes, any. I thought you were going to say favorite movies. Those two. <laughs> Whatever. Um, anything hometown related, anything. We just want to hear it. Um, we'll give you some shout outs. I want to hear ghost stories. Ooh, ghost stories are good. I like ghost stories. I you might know, at some point veer for like a month make this podcast just like dive into ghost stories. I mean, anything creepy. Let's be honest. We're talking a lot about murder, <laughs> but we're probably going to talk creepy. about creepy and gross stuff. Remote, like remotely interesting. Yeah. I, do you think I'm dyslexic? Why? I don't know because I feel, I feel like I turn words around a lot when I'm talking out loud. No, I never. Or ta- I guess I would just be talking in general. <laughs> I told you I'm not feeling good. The congestion is clouding my mind. You're gonna make it through. We're gonna get through this. We're gonna Got get it. through this year. Bring on the new 2021. <gasps> Did I tell you? I told you. I. But it hinged, like, just for fun. Yes. You let me play with it, <laughs> remember? Yeah. Well, I downloaded it because this guy sent Nicole a message on her thing, and all it said was, like, I picked up an eight ball for the weekend. Do you want to rip it? And I can't believe that people just approach other people with, <laughs> like, that's their opener. And I thought it was hilarious. So I downloaded it waiting for, like, somebody to say something like that to me. And I came across the guy who said that to her. And so obviously I hit like because I was waiting for my like super great opener. And all he said to me was nice set of hooters you got there. Nothing on my page shows boobs and I don't have hooters. Right. So he asked me, he invited Nicole to do drugs and he told me he liked my hooters. (laughs) So I think Hinge is like, I think I'm done now. I mean... I'm sure there are a lot of creepos on there. Well, I know, but I wanted someone funny, not someone creepy. I mean, I liked the balloon guy. Balloon guy was good. <laughs> An Australian told me that he also loves Angela Lansbury. Oh. So really, I'm just making friends. I'm not here yeah, making friends. that's fine. And ignoring other people. Yes. Ignore creepers. Right, make some good friends. Maybe you'll fall in love with a friend. Who knows? But then every time someone says, do you want to meet up? I block them. You block Because <laughs> so, social anxiety. Am I right? I don't know. Yeah. And I don't really want to meet anybody. I'm just bored. I'm just bored. <laughs> this quarantine life is hard. Right? Oh. The drug guy didn't even say anything funny to me. So, like, that was the whole purpose of the whole thing. And That's was, true. Whatever. Delete it. I did. No, I didn't. I will. I know. Well, I want to play with it more when you're... Yeah, exactly. I'll keep it for your sake. Thank you. Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. My husband appreciates it. (laughs) I bet he does. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, that is the end of, what, our fifth episode now? So, again, check us... Uh, fourth, fifth, wherever we are. Check us out on Instagram. It's hard to keep track. We are. So, check us out. Email us. Like, submit... Um, go to your wherever you listen to your podcast like comment review all that stuff that helps us out a lot and thanks a lot guys say bye Bye. Lucy (laughs) bye thank you for listening to A Shoulder to Crime On our music is by Oliver Liu our cover art and editing by Kinsey Turner you can email us at a shoulder to crime on at gmail.com follow our Instagram at a shoulder to crime on podcast 
or become a supporting Patreon at patreon.com slash a shoulder to crime on. Thanks and see you next week.